a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's knocked the headgear off him. This is Good morning. Uh, this is Footy Talk. Wade Graham stepping in. Hello, Wado. G'day, Dobbo, mate. Gordy, he's gone missing, so I've had to come off the bench. I'm going to talk about Cooper Cronk poking the bear up there north. What is happening? Oh, Cooper, you're a smart man, but why poke the bear? We'll talk about Zach Lomax dropped, allegedly walking off from training. Ben Eichen set to leave the Broncos. Josh Reynolds apologising. And how long can Sam Walker stay in reserve grade? This is Footy Talk. Wade Graham and Dobbo on a Wednesday, a listener podcast. Wednesday footy talk. Gordon, tell us away. We don't actually know where he is, but we've got a superstar in. Wade Graham, first drop. He's straight in. Wado, I mean, seriously, mate, you've been covering with Gordy for a long, long time. You've now having to do it on footy talk. I mean, you're just a man that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Mate, sometimes when the team needs you to come off the bench, you come off the bench, mate, all right? So I'm full-time in my uh, Tuesday slot with Woodsy and obviously the great Maroon, but you know, every now and again, you just got to back up for the other team, and, and here I am. It's a pleasure. And um, Gordy's fishing somewhere in the Great Barrier Reef. We don't actually know where, but he is chasing the fish. So, no doubt we'll hear about that over the course of the weekend. Let's get into it. So much going on in this week. It's magic round, and it's magic before many reasons. But let's start with St George. Um, Zach Lomax dropped. Now, this came out late yesterday afternoon when the team lists uh, were announced. But the big story out of it was that. There was a blow-up at training. I've spoken to players there, and he did walk off the field. Now, some are claiming it's an injury. Uh, some are saying he probably didn't handle it that well. Wade, I'm, I'm sure in your career at different times, you've been given a bit of pill with a selection, whether or not it's starting or you're the bench or, mate, you're going to take a spell. I'm not critical of Zach Lomax. I understand if you're a passionate and you're a footballer, but... It's team first in these clubs, and he hasn't been playing the best type of football. His form has been, so maybe this is a blessing in disguise, and it's about how you bounce back from these kind of disappointments. Yeah, 100%. Well, there's a lot to sort of unpack with it to begin with, and, you know, fair enough. I can 100% agree that he's disappointed with the decision. Um, you always want to be out there playing on the big stage um, and representing your club, right? That's what you you work so hard for, to be representing at the top level um, and putting your best foot forward and play, playing your best footy, but... Sometimes these, you know, setbacks happen and, you know, they've lost four in a row now. Um, there was a change up at the start of the year. He switched sides from the left centre to the right centre. It's the way he should be feeling. If he cares about his footy, if he cares about his performance, if he cares about his, his club and his team, it's the way he should be feeling. And as you said, it's, it's how he bounces back from this. Sometimes you need this minor setback to just have a day off to yourself or after, have a, have a week to yourself to get in your own head and really have an honest conversation and, some reflection on where your footy is at and um, where you need to start working to try and claw your way back into that top top side. So To be fair, it wasn't his choice to swap sides. Moses Suley comes in, St George thought with the composition of the back line. They've got Max Finay now who comes in as a replacement. Look, I'm being honest here, and no disrespect to all those players, when Zach Lomax is at his best, mate, he's daylight ahead of them. Like, he's an elite footballer when he's in form and when he's playing good football. So... Is it partly to blame for the Dragons for shifting him? I understand for the composition of the side to try and get Suley in there, they they did shift him across. And we called that game earlier on in the year where we called the Charity Shield and they look lost. And they've had moments 
of brilliance, but gee whiz, they've been disappointing. So can it be all put on one player? I, I understand you've got to mix it up, but God almighty, there's so much more to unpack with St George at the moment. Yeah, there is. And that's, it's hard without knowing the, you know, internal conversations and the dialogue between the coach and the players and the, the well, all the coaching staff amongst all the players, right? And, you know, every team has some goals and some standards that they want to meet, not just at training and on the park, but goals you want to achieve in the game, which you think if, if you as a left edge or if you as a right edge or you as a middle can, you know, achieve these certain goals, it goes a long way to delivering the outcome. So whether or not he's been achieving those goals or meeting those goals or some players have, some players haven't, at the end of the day, they're, they're not sitting where they want to be. They're not playing how they want to be. And the, and the coach has decided that he needed to make a change. And you have to assume as well that this has been an ongoing conversation. A, a coach, I, I find it very hard to believe that a coach would just drop, you know, a, a key player who's played a lot of football and a lot of quality football, you know, in one decision. I'd have to assume that the dialogue was over a number of weeks. He's obviously probably spoke to him in the past before and said, listen, we need some more out of you in a couple of areas. And ultimately, whatever the conversations have been had between coach and player, it just hasn't got the reaction that he's needed. So he's gone to, you know, a more drastic measure to the change-up and put young Figo in there. Yeah, and look, can I just say this now, the complexities of this game, that's the 150 game on Sunday, the St. George Illawarra Dragons taking on the West Tigers. Now, I don't want to talk up the importance of a game as, but listen, like the West Tigers coming off their first win, uh, they sit in 17th, the Dragons sit in 15th, the Cowboys... The importance for both these sides, I'd have to say the pressure for St. George to win this game is huge. The fallout from this, I mean, we're round 10. We know that St. George are openly looking for another coach, but they can't afford the fifth loss in a row. That, it just can't happen. And they're coming up against a side that has been unlucky a couple of weeks ago, but they had a great win in the wet at Bathurst with the West Tigers against St. George. So the importance of this game, and so... Anthony Griffin, rightly so, he's trying everything. So if Max Reno is the right solution, if he's the bloke to go, well, let's see what happens in back. But you can't as a player, and you can give us a lot more insight, you just can't walk off training in disgust. I, I, you, you finish the session. You can be filthy. I understand how disappointed you are. You just don't walk off. It, look, because what it does is the narrative isn't about St. George now. It's about... Zach Lomax being unhappy, Zach Lomax now walking off from training, there's unrest in this club, there's players now, like the narrative changes and we all see it all the time because of that one moment where shut your mouth, get it done, you can hurt inside, never show you're hurting, come back bigger and stronger through New South Wales Cup. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I'm not across all the ins and outs of the training session of what actually happened, but ultimately if, if he did walk off in my books, no matter how disappointed you are or if you're not injured and you can't train, you're out there training because there's 30 other blokes who are training and ultimately the, it's the team is always above the individual. It's about the team's performance, how the team is preparing and sometimes you need to take that bit of, you know, that bit of pill and it's not about you. You need to do your best to help prepare your teammate and give him an opportunity to get out there and get a result for the club. So that's how I view that situation. Hopefully now, you know, if that's how things did go down, he's had a, um, a night to reflect on it. Emotions have probably been in, been in check and he attacks the rest of this week with that better mindset and, and, and really works hard at his game because there's no doubt he is one of the most exciting talents in the NRL when, when he is playing his best footy. So 
it'd be great to see him as back um, as soon as possible, but there's obviously a little bit of work to do. That game 150 Sunday, uh, the West Tigers and the Dragons will be calling that. Uh, you can hear that on Listener as well. Uh, the Broncos, back page of the Courier Mail today. It probably hasn't featured anywhere in Sydney, but it says Bob I Benny. And we're talking about Ben Eichen, uh, the head of football at the Broncos. And he was the host of the NRL 360. He was poached by the Broncos to come back and head up their football department. It is being reported by Brent Reid, uh, Peter Bedell, and uh, also Travis Main that he is destined to head to the QRL as the managing director. Um, this is off the back of now with Rowan Sawyer standing down and, and Ben Iken, who has been a board of directors, who was one of the youngest ever to play for Queensland, who is a highly intelligent individual, now being touted by many as the next successor. I like this move, Wade. I, I, I think I feel for Brisbane because he's obviously done a lot of good at Brisbane, but that's Kevin Walters' side, and I think Ben Eichen's got a I think he's wasted at the Broncos, and I think to go up and head up the QRL, I think that that only bodes well for rugby league in Queensland. Yeah, 100%, and this is, um, this is where you're going to f- find a little bit of a downfall in my appearance <laughs> instead of Big Gordy because I'm sure Gordy knows um, the Brisbane football Benny Eichen, that whole setup, a lot more Queensland Rugby League, yeah. uh, much better and than you're, I do, you're, obviously. You're just like Nico, mate. You hate Queensland, mate. I was born and bred down here, mate. Um, <laughs> but it would have been good to hear Gordy's opinions on this because yeah. he's obviously been in that setup for such a long time. Sure. But I haven't had much to do with Benny ever on a, on a personal level, but certainly on a professional level, I came across him a fair bit, you know, down here when he was working in Sydney. And I never um, – I always felt a lot of gratitude to him because he was such – he was so easy to talk to. He had a lot of great insights for a young player, especially someone like me who was sort of dipping the toe in the media uh, sort of uh, circles. Exactly what you guys made. He's exactly – like he's played at the highest level and he's now been successful in the media at the highest level. So, I mean, he has something that most of us – like I can't say that at all. You know, I can't say that on both fronts. I haven't been successful at this level. I haven't been – in the football field, but – he has a lot of similar similarities to what yourselves and Woodsy and those guys, and so he gets it. He actually gets it. I understand, you know, from a from a New South Wales perspective, it's not big news for Brisbane and for Queensland. It, it, it is massive news. What is not massive news and is making a lot of news here? And Cooper Cronk, love Cooper, think he's a great bloke, but don't poke the bear. Don't poke the bear. Cooper Cronk coming out and doubting the Broncos have got the steel to go with it. I heard these comments. And I don't think anybody really knows what Brisbane are yet, but Cooper's Cronk's comments doubting the Broncos, they can't be helpful because now there's another narrative. We've got that, and I don't know if he's done that just to, to spark him up or whether or not it's magic round. And, and, and Cooper is he is probably one of the smartest blokes in the game, but I don't understand what he was where he's coming from with this. Well, actually, so... I don't know if you listen to me and Woodsy and Maroon, but Maroon yeah. actually was on the Cooper Cronk bandwagon as well. And oh, I, me and cool. Woodsy were quick, very, very quick to shut that down. Um, yeah. You know, Brisbane, for me, are almost certainly going to finish very high on the competition ladder. I just like their balance of their squad. They had a minor hiccup against South last weekend, which, again, we talk about the Lomax situation. Sometimes a bit of bad news or a bad result is a good opportunity for you just to have a reset and refocus, you know, get back to working harder and doing all the things that you were doing that you might have just slipped off 1% or 2%, you know, when everything was going good. And I, I don't think we can underestimate the loss of Payne Ars and Ezra Mam yeah. to that team last week against South yeah. Sydney. Well, they were right in it at half time. Sure. And then after half time, South came out, had a bit of a, you know, a bit of the ball and just found that second gear and, and Brisbane couldn't really go with them last week. But 
that is missing, you know, one of, if not the most dominant prop in the game. And a couple of opportunities, you know, went begging last weekend. And if you look at the early rounds for the Broncos, whenever a half opportunity was created, guess who else is in the picture there? either finishing them off or getting involved with Ezra Mam. He's that spark. He's that, you know, that excitement man. That- Against Parramatta, didn't we? Yeah. Like, and it was a, a very good – I will say this, Wade, and I'm with you. I think Brisbane are the real deal. But are we getting ahead of ourselves? I'll just tell you the run. Now, I would expect with no Travojevic this weekend, you would think Brisbane beat Manly. That's no disrespect. Good, very good game. But you would think Brisbane beat Manly on Friday night. But the following Thursday, they take on Melbourne in Melbourne. Then in round 12, they take on the Panthers at Suncorp. Then in round 13, uh, it gets better. They have the Warriors overseas in uh, New Zealand. Now, they'll be without their origin players. And in round 14, they take on the beloved Cronulla Sharks at Points Bet Stadium. So am I fair in saying we actually don't know what Brisbane really are till we look at them in round 15? June the 3rd is when they play your Sharkies. And I think after then we have a much better idea on what Brisbane, you know, in the next five weeks to take on all those sides are premiership chances, even the Warriors, and I'm throwing them in there at the moment. But to take on the Sharks, Melbourne, the Panthers, Manly, and the Warriors, let's hold our ink before we start saying that I've got doubts about them because we don't don't know. We don't know. For sure, and, you know, as you... Like you said, like the South, that's why the South game take the negative result. It might be a good thing for them, right? An opportunity to reset, have a look at their upcoming month or whatever it is, and go, hang on a minute, this is yeah. who we have, this is what's on the table. Let's look at an opportunity. Let's look at the South week, see some areas that we think we can improve in our preparation. Certainly, there's going to be areas in the game that they they weren't happy with that I'll be able to look at. You get sure. big pain back. You get Ezra back into the team. You go right. Oh, well, let's have a crack at this next month. And really show the competition. Let's really show the competition and ourselves what we're made of and and what we want to turn this season into. If they've won three or five, they've had four losses and, and they're uh, eleven wins. Uh, I'm saying I'm saying exactly that. You can throw your doubt out the window because that's a really tough run in an Origin time when we when they're going to lose some players. We're going to take a break. Wade Graham in for Gordy on a Wednesday. This is the Footy Talk podcast, a listener podcast. <laughs> Welcome back to Footy Talk, Lister Podcast. The bull, the raging bull's on a fishing trip. So Wade Graham is ever trusty. I tell you what, he's just doing it. He's a man for others. You know, midweek, just coming in and giving once again. You're a great mate and everybody loves Josh Reynolds. He had a massive blow up. It, it was, I mean, I'm a dog supporter deep down. I, I love Canterbury. I used to sit at Belmore. I love the dogs. And Josh Reynolds typifies what Canterbury are, the way he plays. The blow-up was a little uncalled for. He's, he's a bit remorseful. Here's what he had to say on NRL 360 last night. Yeah, just to clarify, like, me personally, as, you know, I'd like to think I'm a, I'm a role model of the kids, like, honestly. I, I take that, like, seriously. Yeah. And I wish I chose my words better, you know, on the day. And I can't mm. say that. But at the same time, it wasn't a personal attack at the ref. And honestly, it, it wasn't. It was just, again, it was a situation. You know me as a player, Brad. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty passionate, mate. I want to win every... I don't want to just win the game. I want to win that moment. Yeah, look, it, it did ball over a bit, but at the same time, yeah, I just want everyone to know that it wasn't on, on the ref. I, I apologised to the ref at half-time. Yeah. Uh, no one knows that. I, I, but I, I, I went up to him and said, look, mate, I'm sorry. It, it got the better of me. That moment got the better of me, but it could have just could have stopped did he, there. Did he like, the apology, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah it, it was fine. Can I just say, Wade Graham, 
all good, well done, Josh Reynolds coming out. Are we our own worst enemies? I mean, for years and years and years, we never had the mic, the refs mic'd up so everybody could listen and everybody. I mean, stuff gets said on the field. It's a contact brutal sport. Was he in the wrong 100%? But did the whole of the world need to hear Josh Reynolds and what he actually said for the sake of entertainment? Because all it's done, it's a bit like cameras in the dressing sheds. It's we want the access. But then when we get the access, we, we we blow up at it and it's too much. Like, I just think it was unnecessary that we had to hear that. I, I get that he made a mistake. I get it's not a great look. But is he the first bloke to ever do that? Hell no. Is he going to be the last? Hell no. It's just it was mic'd up and everybody heard it. Yeah, it's a fine line because it is, you know, it is sport. It's a sport we love and play. But, you know, it is also the entertainment as well. So I don't think we'll ever be able to get rid of those, the mics. And, you know, to, to a point, it's actually – it's hamstrung the referees as well because now they're held to account with everything they say as well. In a yesteryear, days gone past, an opportunity might have been for Grant Atkins without a mic to, to grab Josh Reynolds and say, mate, hey, pull your head in. Like, that's not going to happen. And if it happens again, you're off. And, you know, that's all it takes, that 30 seconds for the emotion to get out of the uh, situation and for business to go on as normal. But like you said, in today's day and age, everyone is clued up. Joshy Reynolds, he, he's my vintage Joshy Reynolds. We're supposed to get a little bit less um, less emotional and more even uh, mellowed out when we get a bit older, but Joshy still has that passion every now and again and we saw the emotions boil over in in, um, in that flashpoint. Yeah, let's with, not make yeah. it more than what it is. Well, okay, with all things considered, good. I think Grant uh, handles him, he handled himself okay in the game with saying that was not on. Josh is now handled himself. He said he, he said he went and saw him at half time. I think you can't do anything more than that. He's spoken now on it. He's been fine. I think it's it's move on, right? Yeah, you're right. I think I think exactly that as well, mate. Let's talk some serious football as well. There's there's a lot going on at the Roosters. They have had some injuries, but the Sam Walker scenario still out of the Roosters, and he now looks like unless there's an injury, that's the only way that he will get back in at the moment. Now. For a lesser player and a player that was a fringe player, I could understand it. But Sam Walker has started in first grade, played 50 games. He's been the centre of their attack along with Kiri and Tedesco, but it's clearly out of favour. I don't know where to go, Joe. I tried to make some phone calls about this today and everybody was very coy about just exactly where that's at. But one thing I do know is that he's got a two-year extension at the Roosters. So the Roosters aren't in any big rush to, to let him go, but... There are an enormous amount of possibilities of clubs that actually would love Sam Walker to lead that side. How long can he dwindle and, and, and play in the New South Wales Cup for? Like, in all seriousness, he's a first grader and you can't have him there for the remainder of the season. Just say this, it's just, you can't do that to the kid because it sets his football back in a lot of ways. And also, it's causing the uncertainty, the rift, that everything that goes on, the narrative of rugby league. Yeah, I, I can't see him remaining there too long. Listen, Robbo's a pretty smart operator. He, he would have a plan and he'd have a full understanding of all the repercussions that would have happened, um, yeah. you know, before making the decision on Sam Walker. Uh, and he would have obviously planned out pretty much every case scenario. I'd, I'd say he, he doesn't operate in a, uh, in a sense where he leaves too many questions unanswered or too many... Um, result unanswered. So he would have a definite plan there. I see an easy one, you know, for Sam to transition back into first grade will be origin time, right? Tedesco is going to be gone. 
you know, Joseph Manu straight to fullback, Sammy Walker comes straight in. You, that allows Joey to continue that running game and be so effective for sure. the team while bringing Sammy back into the fold as well. So I see that as an easy fix. Long term, they, they've got to have a plan there long term because, like you said, he, he's an out-and-out first grader and he's he obviously had some areas that Robbo wanted, to work on, uh, wanted him to work on. I can't see it happening for too long or him being out of the team for too long because the best way to learn and to work on things, you know, after the initial period is to get back in there and, and get out there on the weekend and, and ply your trade. So it's it's, it's, a, it's it's an interesting situation because you know how deep a thinker Trent Robinson is, right? So you know he's yeah. thought about all the his decision-making and the scenarios that play out. So he would have a plan, and I guess it's just all up for us to wait and see. Yeah, looking forward to that. Now, listen, that 5.30 Saturday game, we've got to unpack that one. I mean, uh, the Sharkies taking on the Dolphins. Um, look, the big news is that everybody, even though he's been named, it, it, it's highly unlikely that Branko Lee will play, which means that they are going to debut this wrecking ball who's been playing in the Intrust Super Cup by the name of Valance Tavare. Now, I don't know if you guys are aware, but... He, he's a Talakai take two. Um, he's like the hair stand up on my arms to see these two play against each other. And I don't know, Wade, if you've seen much of the or, or aware of this kid, but he'll be making his debut and he's a wrecking ball. It's either going to be boom or bust for him and something that's really exciting for what will be 5.30 on Magic Round. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a big occasion, obviously. Magic Round, uh, Wayne Bennett's 900th game, I think, coaching. Yeah, and then that's right. the news yeah. filtered through yesterday when I was, I was doing a media a media run of my own. Surprise, surprise, more media. No, yeah. I, had, I had the official one for the Sharkies yesterday when the young kid, um, Valance, it was was going yeah. to make his debut. And I have actually seen – I feel like it's, I've seen some footage of him on YouTube pop YouTube. up maybe yeah, last that's year. It. So we haven't we haven't dived in um, too much uh, into, into the Dolphins yet because our, our most of our preps are the back end of the week on them. But – just for him, it's an exciting story, right? He's, he, yeah. he's a rugby union player. It's from Icato, got a job, got a start over here. He's a groundskeeper out of Dolphin over at KO Stadium. And, mate, he makes his debut. Yeah, uh, and it's huge. Just to, and, you know, to have have an opportunity and then to begin learning the game and to just work hard and graft away in the Q Cup. Yeah. Uh, it was a long time ago, but I still remember my first week when I got given my debut and I got the nod, you're going to – you know, fulfill this dream, all this hard work that you've done is going to pay off and you're finally going to yeah. make it. Not only that, he gets to make it on, you know, Magic one of the round. biggest stages of our NRL competition, which is Magic Round. So I could only imagine the excitement the young man is feeling and um, it's a great time for him and a great time for his family and it's, and it's a great time for rugby league, a great story watch, for rugby league. You watch a lot of football. Have you been and, – and I don't want to get bogged down on it and I understand because you're taking it against him you don't want to give anything away, but – have you been impressed with the Dolphins? Like, I mean, we are all still very shocked. that They're a very competitive side and we see what they do. So, I mean, I saw you guys blow um, the Cowboys away and, and it was a, a clinical display and you guys are really building in and your defence was the paramount big thing I took out of that. But have you watched much of the Dolphins this season just as a fan and, and have you been impressed by what they've been able to do? Yeah, I was definitely impressed and I have watched a fair bit of them because just of the excitement around them and certainly the level of unknown because – I know a lot of people wrote them off um, yeah. at the start of the year with the roster they had, but for me there was so much unknown. I've played against Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich and Felice Cafusi. I've played against these men, like men for years and years, yeah. and I, I know the competitors they are. I know the players they are out on the field. So they were a big watch team. I think the biggest question mark was how Jeremy Marshall King might go up there, which was a big tick. I think he's been outstanding this season. Unfortunately, yeah. 
They've lost Sean O'Sullivan, who was a big, big reason why they were going well. He was getting them around the park, but they've unearthed young Katoa, who there was no doubt he was a talent, but he was so much unknown about a young teenager coming in, playing week to week NRL first grade. But he's been doing a great job with Cody Nicarima stepping in while Sean O'Sullivan's been out. And the other big watch was the hammer. But we know the sort of qualities he has as a player and how – you know, his sort of skill set can just break open a game with his speed and, you know, his elusiveness. But for him to sort of come off, you know, the Cowboys letting him go, Yeah, I know as a player when I was let go from Penrith um, because of salary cap restraint decisions, you do have a chip on your shoulder. You go, yeah. well, you have well, that. You, proven you, it. The you, chip's there, mate, yeah. isn't it? You chain, you chain with that extra intensity and not that like, even if it's not real because sometimes situations just don't work out and the balance of the teams just don't work out and your skill set just doesn't fit in with other players. So the move has to be made for the benefit of both parties, which obviously has ha- happened in this case with uh, with the hammer. But he's playing with that um, enthusiasm and, and he's so dangerous with the footy. So I wouldn't say it surprised me how they're gone. I, they were a big watch team for me at the start of the year because there was just so unknown. But I know the players they have. I've played against all of them, and it, it doesn't surprise me all that much that they've had success early in the season. Yeah, well said. Hey, that's footy talk for us on a Wednesday. Wade Graham filling in. I mean, I might have him as a regular on Wednesday now. On hey, I'm, I'm pretty, mate. You're going to be hard to pry away from Maroon, mate. He's got a whole junket set up for me and Woodsy and him at the end of the year. Mate, whatever. whatever. <laughs> you want to earn the cheap seats, mate, you go and earn them. You come and earn yes. the big money up here, mate. Hey, listen, thank you, Wade Graham. Good on you, brother. Uh, and this is the footy talk. The journeys are in tomorrow, and you can download the listener app anytime. Footy talk we got a huge weekend. We will be calling every single game on the via the listener app over the course of the weekend as Triple M rocks the football as well. That's footy talk for a Wednesday. Wade Graham and Dobbo, we'll see you next time. <laughs>